On today's episode, we'll be ranking the top 16 prospects for the 2023 NHL Draft and breaking down their playing styles, NHL comparables, and overall potential. I'm Hattie Kalakash, and you're watching Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, you're listening to the Locked On NHL Prospects Podcast, part of the Locked On NHL Network, your team every day. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, I work as a scout and NHL prospect analysis uh, expert across multiple platforms, including this one right here. And today we've got a very special episode, a continuation of yesterday's show, uh, where we presented to you the bottom half of the top 32, so picks 32 through 17, and presented to you 16 honorable mentions. That's 32 players in total that we mentioned on the last show. You can go and check it out uh, just by scrolling a bit. You'll find it pretty well. Um, but for today, we'll be presenting the top 16, the best prospects in the uh, 2023 NHL draft. Uh, and since there are fewer prospects and it's a cream of the crop, I thought I'd give you more information. So uh, not only will you get the rankings um, and sort of stylistic uh, analysis of their type of play, what they're good at, that kind of thing, you'll get in-depth analysis on what makes them good, what makes them um, projects, and uh, you'll get NHL comparables. So it's time. Let's get right into the top 16. I'm going to start with uh, the uh, Swedish forward from Frölunda in the Junior 20 League. We've got Otto Stenberg at 16th overall. Uh, Stenberg, to me, is a prospect who's very well-rounded. He's a player who doesn't have any real glaring weaknesses in this game. Uh, now, he scored 9 points in 12 games uh, for Frölunda in the J20 League. That's not really that impressive but what i like is the trans translatability that he shows in each game that he plays whether he gets on the score sheet or not uh he does a really good job of in general just showing his ability to um drive play he's a solid skater he's got great vision he makes very very good decisions he's very good um on the four check he battles hard for pucks um there are many different levels to his game. His puck skills are decent. They're, they're definitely improvable, something that you can definitely work on and make better. Um, but as they are, they're pretty decent um, and, and aren't necessarily weaknesses or something that limit his game too much. Um, and he's pretty okay defensively. Again, nothing that stands out supremely, but it's, it's not a weakness in his game. But just as he doesn't have any glaring, glaring weaknesses, he also doesn't really have any glaring strengths. Um so that's why he's a bit lower in the rankings. I do see the opportunity to build off of this. And it's a bit of the same rationale as I had for Ethan Goche, where, um, again, lots of areas to his game and nothing that sort of screams out at you. What I like about both of those prospects is the way they string together plays um, and, and the way they string together their skills in and of themselves in order to make plays happen. Um, so everything together, the, the total package of their play makes them a bit more promising than players who are jack-of-all-trades but don't necessarily string everything together. Uh, if you ask them to shoot, they'll shoot pretty well. If you ask them to pass, they'll, ask, they'll pass pretty well. But um, in the case of Otto, Otto Stenberg and Ethan Gauthier, it's, it's there's a lot of connectivity in their game. That's what I really like about them. Um, but for Stenberg, what I see is a safe middle six winger in terms of upside player who's going to play on both of your special team units and contribute in all three zones, uh, but who won't be necessarily driving your line or, you know, 
shooting up the score sheet, that kind of thing. Um, so the kind of comparable I would give for him is Andre Pilat, who, again, is a responsible winger who can play on both penalty killing and special teams in terms of power play. Um, not much problem there. So that's what I really like about Stenberg and why he's my 16th pick. Now, for pick number 15, we've got a six foot three, 207 pound goal scoring winger from HIFK in the Finnish Liga. We've got Kasper Haltunen. Um, Haltunen to me is a, uh, he's, he's a power forward in the sort of pure sense of the term. Uh, but none doesn't necessarily think like a power forward. So he's massive. He's a very good goal scorer. He's got a heavy shot. Um, but I don't see him sort of drop his head and just barrel down on the netminder aimlessly. There's a lot more finesse to his game. There's a lot of patience that I really like to see. Um, he doesn't just shoot well, but he can clean up rebounds on the net front. He can be a very good um, net front presence to screen the goaltender. He's physical. He's a good puck protector. And he's not a bad skater for his size, which is very promising. And something you'll often see from European um you know, larger players is they'll mostly be pretty decent skaters for their size. Uh, just look at Elmer Soderblom this year, who's playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, there you've got a great example of a big guy who can skate that that hails from Europe. So um, I also like the fact that Haltonen isn't really just a one, one trick pony. He's not just necessarily throwing everything in, at net and that's his only quality. Um, he's got good vision and pacing to his game, understanding of, of, of timing and stuff like that. And his playmaking is pretty underrated. There's often a lot of times where he looks like he's aiming for a shot. The defenseman in front of him gets in, in position to block it. And before he knows it, the puck is between his his legs going straight to uh, Haltonen's teammate's stick uh, for a better opportunity. So he can throw change-ups in there, uh, throw in some playmaking and do a pretty good job of that. Now, uh, the comparable that I have for Haltonen is Yegor Sharangovich. But there is top six upside. Um in Haltonen's game is limited by a lack of high-end sort of off-book awareness that I think that other players might, you know, especially the ones ahead of him have that he doesn't. But I like the fact that Haltonen's fallback game, the pretty much the worst case scenario for him is he becomes a sort of bottom six grinder who still gets your results, but is more of a replacement level player. But the upside is top six. So it's a good safety net for a team that has a lot of promise in their lineup and just sort of want to inject scoring. Haltonen might be a, a good option in that sense. Now, moving on from Haltonen, we've got our 14th overall pick from the Owen Sound attack. We've got Colby Barlow, um, six foot one, 187 pounds. He's a left-handed shooter, uh, a left wing. He's got seven goals and seven assists in 14 games so far in the OHL. Uh, Sorry, seven goals and seven assists for 14 points in 10 games so far in the OHL for the Owen Sound attack. He's an he's a real power forward. He's the you know as I mentioned, Halton and doesn't necessarily sort of drop his head and just barrel down at the net. That's what Colby Barlow does. Uh, he bulldozes his way to dangerous areas. None of his mechanics or his habits are pure or refined, but the power that he generates on the shot, the power that he generates in the skating stride, compensates for that sort of um rawness in his uh actual mechanics or actual habits on the ice so yeah he's very raw but he's got high upside because he's a physical specimen and with a player like that if you improve his mechanics if you make him um a better scanner that kind of stuff um if you take that that sort of physical ability and put it into a onto a platform of projectable skills you might have a very dangerous 30 goal scoring power forward in colby barlow uh, and that's why my comparable for him is Chris Kreider, uh, which I think is a pretty sort of solid comparison for a player like Barlow. 
moving on from the 14th pick, let's go to pick 13. Uh, from the US NTDP in the USHL, center Will Smith. You heard that right. Will Smith. He's six foot, 172 pounds. He's got 28 points in 14 games for the NTDP so far. Really, really good numbers. And on top of that, um, I like to watch the NTDP against USHL competition because I feel like that's the most stable competition they get, um, the most consistent. Uh, so he scored seven goals, seven points in four games in, against USHL competition. So doing pretty well there as well. Um, I wasn't as high as uh, on him at the beginning of the year, but the more I watched him, the more I liked what I saw. He's a great two-way presence, but he doesn't necessarily sacrifice any elite level of skill in order to to drive play positively off the puck. He's a high-end stick handler. He reads opponents' body language very well. There's lots of area passes and leaded passes in this game, which to me um, is a very good indicator of hockey sense because you know, you have to have hockey sense in order to anticipate play and predict where the best spot is for that puck to land for your teammate to to skate into it, for example, and stuff like that. Um, and he doesn't have a bad shot either. On top of having really, really solid playmaking, he can actually surprise you with a shot and 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 full goaltenders uh, from mid-range. So he knows how skilled he is, and he's not afraid to show it. So for me, um, Will Smith is more than worth the pickup in this range. For me, the upside with Will Smith is you get a top six versatile center. Um, again, someone's going to play on both special team units and contribute all over the ice, but I think that Will Smith is going to be a lot more of a play driver than a player like Otto Stenberg, for example. Um, for example, my comparable for him is Robert Thomas, who's a very, very good play driver, an excellent playmaker, and who can occasionally fire the puck into the back of the net. Uh, so... We're up to pick number 12 in the upcoming draft. Uh, for me, the the number the 12th best prospect in this draft is Riley Height from the Prince George Cougars. Um, 5'11", 179 pounds center. Um, he's got 15 points, 6 goals, and 9 assists through 12 games played for the Cougars. This is a relentless uh, four-checker who is extremely creative when he gets the puck. He's an outstanding skater. He's almost always playing at the highest pace that he can. And he makes his teammates' jobs easier by just positioning himself well in all three zones. He's defensively sound. Uh, I really like his off-puck movement, the way that he weaves in and out of pressure. Um, long story short, he's a very complete offensive player with defensive layers to his game as well. So that's why I've got him in this uh, in this range at 12th overall. I see a top six energy center in him. Now, he might not have the size right now, but I think he's going to grow into his frame and be that kind of sort of six-foot, 190-pound um sort of frame center with the pace that he has with the, the creativity that he has and especially the the, rel the relentlessness that he has he reminds me a lot of dylan larkin um but kind of a beta version of dylan larkin where he's not necessarily gonna destroy the scoreboard and become a captain and and uh you know lead his team in points on a nightly basis but he's he's gonna have a good effect on his team now the the, the last pick before we get into the top 10 Number 11 on my rankings is Caden Price from the Kelowna Rocket, a puck-moving defenseman um, who can rush, uh, who can defend the rush and and do a great job at preventing the puck from ever setting up in your zone and driving possession the other way. I think that defensemen who block a lot of shots, good for you, but ideally you, you wouldn't even have to block a shot because you're playing so well on the puck as a team. Um so Caden Price sort of exemplifies that for me. He has outstanding fluidity and composure in the offensive half of the ice. He still struggles on breakouts, but he's the best D in this class at creating from the back end. 
Um, his rush defending is excellent, but he still struggles with in-zone play. Um, I, there are some times where he forgets to scan, he misses a, a check, that kind of thing, and it leads to a goal against. But when he's defending the rush, his objectives are a lot more clear, and the play is in front of him. So he tends to um, evaluate his options really well when they're in front of him and make the right decisions. Because as soon as he has to turn his head around, make decisions um, while sort of spinning, and and it gets kind of confusing for him. So adjusting that um, would take some time. But what I really like is that he spends very, very little time in his own zone um, as a general rule. So the upside for me is a number two or number three two-way defenseman, some sort of like Noah Hannafin would be. Uh, so that kind of sort of... Uh, category of player uh, but now we'll get into the top 10 so the top 10 is up next but first i'll just give you a quick word from our sponsors you just gotta try built bars new reimagined flavors they've got cookie dough toppers coconut brownie bars and toppers they've got white chocolate peppermint granola which is built bars minty take on a granola bar and they've got my personal favorite, which is candy cane brownie puffs. Uh, so puffs are just like this, this little cloud that you bite into, and it just tastes absolutely delicious. Uh, so they've got a candy cane flavored one, which I really like. Um, this stuff tastes amazing, really. These are the most delicious protein products ever built. Get it? Built? See what it? Never mind. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, shockingly low on sugar, and only 130 calories. Seriously, this is awesome stuff. It tastes great. It's perfect for an after-workout energy refill. Um, after a game of shinny, when you don't have the time to cook a full meal, uh, it's like an on-the-go fine dining experience. So see for yourself. Get 15% off your order right now using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that, that's LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Built. You've got to try this. So right now we're getting into the top 10 of the 2023 NHL draft. This is where it gets really promising. Uh, the top 10 for me is unlike any top 10 we've seen in recent memory. I think every single one of these prospects has the potential to be at the very minimum a first line player uh, with outstanding skill, outstanding reading of the game. Um, they've either got high end playmaking or high end goal scoring or both or great vision. There's so many qualities um, available in this range. So let's get right into it. For me, number 10 in the 2023 NHL draft, the 10th best prospect you can find is Andrew Crystal from the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, 5'10", 165 pounds, but that doesn't hinder him in any way. He's got 20 points in 12 games so far for the Rockets in the WHL. Incredibly skilled, incredibly dynamic. He's a great skater, a great stick handler, high-end hockey sense, quick processing, uh, there are so many layers to his offensive game. Now he's not the best defensive player, but when you're that skilled and that dynamic and 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 that sort of electrifying on the puck, um, when you're managing the puck this well, when you're creating offense this well, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about the fact that this player has one weakness when his strengths are so prominent. Um, for me, you've got the potential to have a top-line playmaking winger in Andrew Crystal. He reminds me a bit of Clayton Keller. Clint Keller is one of those sort of waterbug, very skilled, very, very dynamic players who can thread passes and all that stuff. That's kind of what I see from Crystal. Uh, so that is the 10th overall pick for the upcoming draft, in my opinion. Now, moving on to number nine. For me, the ninth overall pick in this draft is Dalibor Dvorsky, a Slovak playing in the Altsvenskan. 
Uh, for AIK, the Altsvenskan is the second division of men's uh, men's hockey in Sweden. He's got six points in nine games against men so far. Uh, he played five junior 20 league games and has eight points, three goals and five assists in those five games. So he's one of those created off, creative offensive centers who are big and stocky and don't really have many weaknesses. Um, he's got clear strengths, though. Vision, playmaking, intensity, deception manipulation he pulls players in he draws them out of position he reads defensive formations really well um he can exploit the smallest seam um he just needs some polishing and a skating stride uh he he does have a bit of a heavy heavy heel and it sort of hinders his game but um he's got a top six upside and could even be one of those sort of 1a 1b centers who um who manage play really well he reminds me of tomash hurdle a bit but a bit less of a good skater um so that's a comparison I've given here. I've given him here. Uh, so that's my ninth overall pick is Dalbor Dvorsky. Now moving on, the eighth overall pick in the upcoming draft, in my opinion, is Callum Ritchie from the Oshawa Generals, six foot two, hundred and eighty-seven pounds. Uh, he's a center who who, who shoots right-handed. Um, twelve points in twelve games with the Oshawa Generals, which doesn't really stand out that much for a top ten pick in this kind of quality of draft, but. This is one of the smartest players in this class. He manages the flow of the play extremely well, makes a lot of strong reads in all three zones. He can play a power game when it's needed, but he also oozes skill. Um, his skating needs a bit of fine tuning, but for me, he's again he's on the same level, I think, as Dvorsky, where he can be a 1A, 1B center. Um, his level in, of intelligence and the fact that his skating is a bit iffy, it reminds me of Nick Suzuki. Um, and that's a comparison I've given him for uh, this video. So that's the uh, eighth overall pick is Callum Ritchie. Now let's move on to pick number seven from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Braden Yeager, six foot, 165 pounds. He is a defensively sound center with an outstanding shot. I mean, for a 165 pound forward to be able to shoot this puck the way he does, it's all in the mechanics. Um, I love the way that his upper body stays stable while he fires a shot um, and, and crosses his legs. That's really something that's promising in his game. He's got 16 points in 13 games, only six goals in that span. And that's because he's been focusing on adding some playmaking layers to his game, which is very, very promising. He can He's added some area passes, some slip passes under sticks and stuff like that, um, which should improve his overall game and his overall unpredictability on the ice uh, by a lot. Um, he thinks and plays at a high level and at a high pace already, which I really, really like. Um, so... The only thing I'd really see that he needs to improve is his skating and his strength. But if those two things improve, you've got a very, very promising forward on your hands. A top-line scoring potential forward with defensive value on top of that. Uh, you always want those. Braden Yeager, to me, reminds me a lot of Elias Lindholm. So that's the comparison I've put uh, down for him. So moving on to pick number six in the upcoming draft, in my opinion. Uh, a left-shot right-winger. From HC Kamita Berno in the Czech Extra Liga, it's Edward Chalet. Chalet, to me, other than improving his defensive positioning, he's really strong all around. Um, he's got tremendous, tremendous vision, tremendous execution speed, and anticipation. Um, he sort of sometimes it seems like he sees the game in slow mo and makes a lot of good decisions because of that. Um, he's got a great shot. He's got outstanding hands great playmaking his awareness his body positioning and pup battles all of that stuff is already high end there's many different development paths for chalet which will which could lead to the nhl but for me if he 
if he spends enough time focusing on his two biggest strengths, which are his vision and anticipation on top of his outstanding hands. I mean, he's, he's shifty with the puck. So if he combines those two elements, you've got a potential top line scoring goal, goal scoring NHL winger. And that that's why he reminds me a bit of Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, Not the most a fantastic defensive player, but will always sort of give you results offensively and find different ways to put the puck in the net. Um, So that's it for uh, Edward Chalet. Now we're going to move on to our top five for the 2023 NHL draft. But just before we get into it, a quick word from our sponsors. All right. So let's get right into the top five NHL prospects for the upcoming draft with the fifth overall pick from the Winnipeg ice, a 5'10", 160 pound forward, a bit undersized, but extremely skilled. His name is Zach Benson. Uh, And Benson to me has all the promise needed from a prospect you want to pick in the top five. He's one of the most dynamic prospects in this class. He's undersized, but he uses his body extremely well. So he's developed what I call adaptive skills, um, things that compensate for the, the the lackings in your frame and your in your technical abilities. Um, so he's developed sort of the workaround uh, for his his lack of strength already. He makes plays through checks effortlessly by using his body positioning. Great, great situational awareness from this prospect. A lot of very good scanning habits. He checks his shoulders before during and after puck possessions. Um, He's a great off-puck problem solver. When he's weaving in and out of pressure, uh, he'll just pop out at the right moments in order to receive a pass, take a shot off, or or, uh, make a one-time pass on the back door to a wide-open player, that kind of thing. To me, Zach Benson was the best player on Winnipeg last year, um, despite playing with Connor Geeky and Matt Savoy. For me, if I were to pick the best player out of those three, it it was Zach Benson. All you got to do is just polish his stride a bit, maybe have him add some weight, but I think that'll come naturally. But this is a prospect with a ton of dynamism and a ton of intelligence to his game that I think will translate really well. So for me, what I see from Benson is a potential top line dual threat offensive player. He can shoot, he can pass. That for me rings a bell when I when I think of that kind of player. He's like a small Mike, Mark Scheifele. That's how I see him. So that's the fifth overall pick. Let's move on to the fourth overall pick in the in the 2023 NHL draft in my rankings. Um, from the Swedish Hockey League for, for Örebro, um, we've got the towering center, 6'3", 194 pounds, Leo Carlson. He's got 11 points in 15 games. It's almost unheard of. He's on par with players like Henrik and Daniel Sedin uh, and, and players of that range. He's big, he's strong, he's extremely talented, his vision is outstanding, um, high-end IQ and habits already, he's a great, great stick handler, he's daring with the puck, he attacks pockets of space in the slot um, almost effortlessly, and and does it with a consistency that shows me that this is not a player who gets cold feet, uh, he's not scared to take on professional defenders already and, and attack the slot when he can. And on top of that, he's one of the best puck protectors in this class. So you've got a player with a lot of high-end skills and a lot of signature skills, which should translate really well. He's already scoring at a, at a, at a pro in a pro league at an at, a, at an elite pace. For, so for me, the upside with Leo Carlson is you might have an elite center here who can do it all. Um, and he's drawn comparisons to Matt Sundin, and I completely see it. Having watched Sundin tapes from back in the day. The the comparisons are are very apt, and 
I think he has the potential to be that type of player, a Hall of Famer one day. So that's why he's in my top four above names that that like Zach Benson, who's really, really good. Edward Chalet, who's extremely good. Remy Carlson outshines them and has so far this season. Um, so I would take him, I would take him right behind the big three, which we are going to get into right now. So who between Connor Bedard, Matt Famichkov, and Adam Fantilli is the third pick? Um for me, I'll be perfectly honest. I love Adam Fantilli, but to me, the other two are just you can't you can't pass over the generational uh upside that they have. I've seen a cup I've seen exactly one ranking actually that had Adam Fantilli above Connor Bedard at first overall. I can't agree with that. Although the numbers are absolutely tremendous. He's got 18 points in eight NCAA games as a 17-year-old. That's almost unheard of. Uh, this, these are numbers that rival Jack Eichel's in his draft year. He's 6'2", 187 pounds. He moves like the wind. Um, stick handles like very few can. His puck skills across the board are tremendous. He can shoot. He can pass. He's got great decision-making in all three zones. Um, he's got pretty much everything of a forced overall pick in any normal year. But given the, the absolutely otherworldly talent that is present above him, um, he slips to third. Last year, he would have been the runaway first overall pick if he was eligible for the 2022 draft. I'd even argue for that for the 2021 draft, he would be a runaway first overall pick as well. Um, so a tremendous consolation prize for a team that um, ends up losing the, the draft lottery, for example. He's got the upside to be a franchise center, a game changer. And the comparison I put down for him is Leon Dreisaitl. It's the type of player who's so clutch and does everything that you could that you could want from a center. So, moving on to second overall, uh, I don't think there's going to be a need for a drum roll here. I think I've already made my opinion clear on who's the first overall pick. So let's get right into it. Number two is Matvey Michkov, uh, left-handed shot, right winger, five uh, ten, hundred and sixty pounds. He's been playing for SKA Saint Petersburg in the VHL so far. He's got six goals in six games against the second division of men's hockey in Russia. Um, this is a potentially generational goal scorer. He might actually just change the way teams approach defending entirely because he's so good and tight. He's so good at getting pucks from behind the net to the front quickly, either by doing a lacrosse move straight up or wraparounds, uh, a little backhand shots into the top corner, things like that from in tight that there he's, there's no more leaving the behind the, the, the man behind the net uncovered. There's just no doing that anymore. Um, if you're on the ice against Matvey Michkov, there's no protecting the house at all at all costs. Um, so basically playing, you know, zone hockey, defending, um, it's going to be all out man on man. Someone's going to have to cover Michkov because you can't give him an inch of space. He can score from literally anywhere. He's electrifying. He's sneaky. Um, the, the only issue really that I see in this game is that his defense is non-existent. It's just straight up not a thing that he even thinks about. Um, and that's a byproduct of playing in the MHL for so long. The MHL doesn't reward um, defensive responsibility. Uh, it actually rewards cheating on offense. So it's not the ideal league for a forward who's that good and that skillful offensively um, because he doesn't learn to explore the sides of this game that are super important to explore. But the upside with Michkov is absolutely outstanding and should um, make the defensive issues pretty ignorable. Um, I see a potential Hall of Fame sniper here. 
a scoring title winner, winner, the type of player who could end up being the best goal scorer out of this draft. And that's saying something given who's coming up. Um, to me, the comparisons, if you were to draw a perfect line between Cole Caulfield and Alex Ovechkin, the 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 middle point between those two players is Matvey Michkov. Um, he's got the outstanding, electrifying goal-scoring ability of Alex Ovechkin with the sneakiness and and quick release of a Cole Caulfield when, when scoring on wrist shots. Um, and on top of that, he's got something they both don't have, which is the ability to score in tight with regularity uh, and make him look super easy. So, we're down to the first overall pick. We finally made it from the Regina Pats in the WHL. Connor Bedard, a Jan- July 2005-born prospect. He's one of the youngest prospects in this class. And for me, this is the single best prospect since Austin Matthews. He's got 29 points, 13 goals, and 16 assists in 15 games played in the WHL. He's leading the league by a wide margin as a 17-year-old playing against 20, 21-year-olds who've been doing this for four years and have had the uh, experience to be able to develop their game um, throughout the years to sort of cater to what the WHL rewards. He's scoring more than them, a lot more than them. He's elite in every category, shooting, passing, stick handling, skating, anticipation, scanning, awareness, instincts, clutch factor, positioning, physicality, execution speed. He's got it all. He's the only area where I think he's decent, but not necessarily outstanding is um, his defensive play. But still, um, when he gets going, when he gets his wheels going, I know he's 5'10", but he is an immovable object. This player is probably the most likely player out of this draft to win consecutive heart trophies. So the upside, very simple. Generational, future Hall of Fame, 100-point center. Uh, the comparison, because of the versatility, the amount of things that he's good at, he reminds me of Sidney Crosby. Um, just a very solid, very dominant player in so many areas that um, you just can't help but see the, the similarities. The only thing is, I'd say Bedard is a better goal scorer. I think Bedard could score 50 regularly in the NHL. Um, whereas Sidney Crosby has better edge work, better defensive acumen. I don't think anyone will ever match Sidney Crosby's edge work. Um, but regardless, Bedard to me is the best prospect to get drafted since Austin Matthews in 2016. And teams should be absolutely running to the stage if they got the first overall pick to get Connor Bedard. I don't think you should debate it much. He's got too much skill to ignore. All right. So we've made it through the top 32 uh rankings for november for the 2023 nhl draft if you like what you saw make sure to like and subscribe um follow us on all platforms my twitter handles right there if you're watching on youtube um if not it's going to be in the description down below you can follow the podcast you can follow me personally uh and you can ask me any questions either on youtube or on twitter i'm more than happy to answer your questions about any prospects you've got let me know who your favorite prospect is i'd be more than happy to uh swing by the comment section and give you a little bite-sized prospect report on what i like and what i dislike about their game um if you agree with these rankings if you disagree especially if you know some of these players and are from their markets i love hearing from local fans um make sure to 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 leave me your your opinions on these rankings who you think i have too high etc i do not take anything negatively um it's it's a matter of opinion uh and of taste honestly the things that i like isn't what everyone will like but regardless i'm very happy you tuned in for this episode of locked on nhl prospects and i'll see you tomorrow